You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Well, 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 what uh, what a time we had with this episode. <laughs> I was trying to think of a pun, and I almost said whale of a time, but that's nothing. Wind of a time? Uh, what, what about this? Were you guys fans of the episode? Ah, uh, good gear. <laughs> there we go. I mean, we could have gone with, it, did it blow you away? I don't know. But, oh, that's um, good. That's oh. good. There we go. Look, I, I was expecting elimination, so for the team's sake, I'm happy it wasn't. Um, it was a very technical challenge, which... Which is probably good that it was an elimination from that perspective, um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening from now on. Is, are we are we just going li- to line them up and knock the contestants down one by one? Is that what Brickman's thinking of doing? I, I don't know where we go to from here. Yeah, because we've only had two eliminations, and they're already teasing that we're about to go into finals week. So I'm guessing all the eliminations are to come. I have a feeling that. That may have been referenced to the week after being finals week. I think so too, yeah. I, I think so too. Like you, I think it was good that it wasn't an elimination because it was such a technical challenge. And there were a couple of teams that we know that... There were a couple of teams where we know that that's not their strong point. And so I kind of think it would have been unfair if it was an elimination. Because if you don't know how to build those types of mechanisms, then there's just not much you can do. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had an elimination on a technical challenge, and I do hope it stays that way forever because for the same reasons as you said, Zoe, yeah. Just to quickly recap, so we obviously had... The challenge was to build something that moves in an interesting way as the fan speed is turned up. You weren't allowed any power functions, and I guess you were playing for a Hamish Blake bonus point... What does that point do? We don't know. I think we'll get to that a little a little bit later because I know we have some thoughts. Um, again, another 10-hour build. What I thought was interesting, and Michael, I'd love to pick your brain on this one, is the way that they actually got all the mechanisms to work was by getting a propeller at the front to move. Do you have any idea how that made everything else move? Because I was just like, whoa, this is too much for my brain to understand, but it looks cool. Yeah, so I believe they had this challenge on Lego Masters Season 2 of the US season. Mm. Essentially, it's just like a wind-driven motor. Um, oh. So the fan is hooked up to an axle which spins, which will eventually spin gears, which you can then use to leverage your movement off, which is what the teams were doing. Right, right. Very cool. I thought it was really surprising that a lot of the teams built like a tiny fan up against a flat wall, which doesn't seem like it's super great for airflow. I thought that was provided to them. Well, like Nick and Gene and also Kirsty and Daniel, they both did a different thing where the air could flow through and past the fan. And so there was actually airflow able to be there. But even Henry and Joss, whose motion ended up working okay because their fan was nice and big, but most of the teams had the fan up against a flat wall. So the wind wouldn't blow past the fan because it was like, right. you know, up against a wall. Like if you picture any desk fan, it's always like hollow on both sides, right? There's a grill because air needs to flow. So it seemed like Brickman should have gone around at the beginning and be like, hey guys, you kind of need airflow because I think that was the problem with pretty much all of the builds that didn't move properly. I I actually just thought that everyone had already been given that propeller bit at the start, but now that you mention it, everyone's was a bit different. So they must have 
built them themselves. The bigger propellers seem to work a lot better yeah. as well, which makes sense because I think you just want as much surface area as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you mention it because it's not something I would have considered in terms of actually hiding the fan. And I think Nick and Gene were just about the only team to mm. hide their fan. Um, and they did it in a really clever way. Um because it's obviously pretty it's a pretty hard thing to do because you want the wind to hit it so it spins. Um but I would have thought the bigger the fan, the more movement or more likely you are to catch the wind and get some movement happening. Again, I don't know. I wasn't there. So the contestants would certainly have a, a different opinion on that. And also, as we've said, with only a 10-hour build, there's not much room for iteration. So they probably couldn't spend too many hours experimenting with the best fan configuration. And once they started building the fan into their build, it was probably like, that's what we have. We're sticking with that. Let's make it work if we can. Yeah. Let's jump into each team because I know that there is a lot to discuss. And I would like to start with Kirsty and Daniel because I know it's going to take me on a tangent. So they were doing the walking dinosaur. Brickman came up pretty early on and said that he thought there should be two dinosaurs, one bigger one chasing the other one, which... I think in itself is just like a really hard one for them because obviously they want to take on Brickman's feedback. We know that they have not done that in the past and have backed themselves and it worked. I think maybe it was a bit of an oversight from Brickman thinking that they could build that. Like I think it just put too much pressure on them. They could have just kept the dinosaur size that they had and then made a mini version maybe. I don't know. But it does lead me lead me on to a second question, which is, how much story is expected to be in these things? Because some of them, or most of them actually, just had like one object doing one thing. And Parente, you and I kind of spoke about this a couple episodes ago with the Grandscapes in that that, I guess, isn't really a story. But then for some teams, it it was. Like I'm going to use Nick and Jean as an example in that they had one guy doing one thing but they weren't criticised for their story. Thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I think the simpler the story, the better, though. I mean, at the end of the day, the the challenge was about the movement and the technical component to it. So in a sense, I feel like the story almost came secondary to it because you had to get things moving before you could have a story. So, But vice, like, vice versa, you had to have a story in order to know what movement you wanted. But I guess my question is like, what's a story then? Because to me, Nick and Jeans looked amazing, but that's that's not a story to me. That's one guy doing one action. Do you know what I mean? But they didn't seem to get any questions about their story, whereas Kirsty and Daniel had the same presence, one object doing one thing, but he was like, there's no story. Yeah, I guess I guess from a Brickman perspective, though, is is a dude rocking out on top of a massive amp in front of a giant fan, you know, shredding his guitar. To me, to me, that seems like a story. Whereas I understand where he's coming from. You know, it's a it's a dinosaur running, and the mechanism in itself is really impressive. But would a second dinosaur have made it that little bit more impressive, in a sense, and got got them, you know, potentially over the line? I I, I think so. Um, I think it's a combination. I think that was off the back as well of his feedback that it was their challenge to lose in his words. Mm. And so maybe he was just trying to push them and giving them ideas of directions they could push themselves in. 
because he was hoping that they would really excel at that specific challenge maybe yeah i think so and i think they i think they probably had the most unique if you call it a win catcher mechanism because it was actually underneath the build and it was with um i believe they were little like little round windshields that you can get so i think they had the most unique mechanism to catch it um i think they just ran out of time unfortunately it's it's definitely an interesting one i think i just when i was watching it i just felt so bad for them because obviously like brickman's just trying to get them to do the best that they can and like you said it was their challenge to lose he knows what they can do and he was just trying to push them to make it even more amazing but yeah i just really felt for them because i think if they had thought to do it the other way around, like make a mini version of the dinosaur, or if they had just had more time, they really could have nailed it. Yeah, I agree. One small detail I did really like on their build, though, was that they had their trees set up so that the trees themselves would blow in the wind. Mm. And there weren't too many teams that did that extra sort of environmental detail. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, but they're, they're certainly a team that considers the effects. It would have been really cool to have seen teams, um, and maybe they did and it just didn't, didn't quite make it to air, um, would have been really cool to see if teams could have, you know, had stuff that was designed to fly off the back. Mm, yeah, no one did that, hey. Mm. Um, but I think it was a very challenging challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that is another aspect, actually. I wonder how much teams are expected to use the wind because no one really incorporated wind into their build other than Henry and Joss. Like wind wasn't a wasn't part of the story, really. Maybe Nick and Jean as well. Let's jump to Trent and Paul, who were doing the hamster on a wheel. Again, like so hard to watch because they said from the start that this isn't their strong point. They don't really work with mechanisms that much. And they got their propeller going, but they just couldn't get the wheel going in the end. And it was sad. Yeah, but I think they I think they certainly played to their strength in the sense that Although it didn't turn out as they had hoped, and that's okay because sometimes it's just important to try. Um, I think what they did do really well was they got a simple idea and tried to execute it. Although it didn't come off, that's okay. Um, but they, you know, they tried something and it wasn't elimination at the end of the days. And I think that's that's what this challenge was about. Lexi and Rage, they did the ballerina jewelry box which I really like the design of. They obviously had some issues with weight and the original character being way too heavy. I actually really liked the end result. I think I preferred it having the smaller ballerina. Um, and the, the way they designed the jewellery box actually looked realistic. Like it, it could have been a real jewellery box, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, again, a simple idea. Um, it was just... Obviously, the the big ballerina. I think they probably realised that reasonably early on that it probably wasn't going to spin. Um, but I think you're right. Aesthetically, it was probably one of the the prettier builds mm. in the room. I'd say if they had gone with the big ballerina, I think it would have been the biggest individual mm. figure in the entire set of builds for the episode. So I like the ambition, but yeah, unfortunately, I wish they'd realised earlier. Wasn't going to work. We'll go to Alex and Caleb who had the spell casting wizard. And honestly, if that head hadn't broken in the last couple of minutes, I think like this definitely would have been one of their best fields. I thought it was so cool. The mechanism looked great and it just didn't, it, it wasn't quite what they wanted it to be in the end, but I still thought they did an awesome job. 
Yeah, I agree. And character builds are never easy. And if I'm being honest, at the very start when he said, this is the mechanism we're using Mm. and they sort of showed it, I was sort of sat there and went, how the hell are they going to make that into a wizard? (laughs) And then when I saw it all come together with with the spell book and the books were super cool that Alex made, I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. That's pretty, that's pretty sick. But my only question on this one was how much do you think, if you look at all of, if you look at the, the, the builds that worked, none of the builds were designed where the movement was going to work against the wind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Except this one. Yeah. I had a similar point for Nick and Jean. Sorry, I keep bringing up their build. We should just talk about it next. Um, but I thought like, in a similar sense, theirs was going up and down instead of using the wind like towards it. And same with these guys, it was going against the wind. So I wonder if, I mean, I'm sure they factored that in at some point, but it would have been hard to build. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Nick and Jean just built a, it looked like a really light model on top, which probably worked well for them. Let's just shimmy on over to them because (laughs) we keep talking about them. So they did the Rockstar on the giant amp. Like I mentioned, they had the up and down motion, which I thought was potentially not going to work for them, but it looked really cool in the end. Yeah, I agree. Certainly one of the, it certainly wouldn't have been an idea that came to my head purely because I wouldn't have known how to get those, <laughs> get those moving in unison. But um, I think the effect worked really well in the end. The fact that it, it held up on top was, again, very impressive. I was also glad to see them nail sort of that one simple idea because we've said in the last couple of builds that, their strength is in the small stories and in the details and maybe just doing that one thing isn't quite up their alley as much, but this, they just like got it perfect. I also loved the way that they hid the fan and the giant amp, as we mentioned earlier, but also because an amplifier has like a circle cone shape usually in the middle of it. And so having a fan circle there kind of fits the theme perfectly. Like it's really, really effectively hidden. And then the, having a giant amp is obviously great for the story because it makes this rock star dude seem super dramatic. So I like that a lot. Finally, we have Henry and Joss who had the caterpillar trying to fly. Oh, it was so cute. Those aviator goggles, once they added them, I was like, no, nah, this is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, so good. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is probably the most technically challenging in the mm. room. And I'll say it on a couple of accounts. Obviously, they had a lot of gears moving all at once. But if you notice the way the caterpillar pillar lies, it's not straight. The caterpillar actually yeah. curves yeah. with the log. So there's a really unique piece in Lego, which I, I suspect they used um, to help with that, to help it all spin. But I think there was a lot going on in that build and it was very cleverly done and very well done. We did get a brief shot of the mechanism they used to curve it and it was like a I don't know the word for it, but it's like a axle that can rotate in multiple dimensions. Is that is that the piece you're thinking of? Yeah, it's like I don't know what the, I don't know the exact name for it, so I'm sure I'll be corrected by someone. Um, <laughs> but it's like a hinge axle, so yeah. it, it sort of connects two axles at the end, so the the axle can bend but still spin. And I think when I say clever, I think I mean they chose an idea that was really repeatable. Yeah. And so, if for example, I'm not saying this might be the case, but if Henry wasn't the most technical in the team. Joss could go, here you go, Henry. Here's the first one. Go replicate this six or seven times and then I'll work on the other stuff around it. So it's a very clever... Oh, good point. Very clever use of time. So I thought that was probably one of my my favourite builds from them. So Henry and Joss were one of the winners. (laughs) 
They <laughs> tied with Nick and Jean. I obviously have strong feelings about this because this whole season, all I've done is criticize the judging. But what do you guys think? I feel like they've made their lives harder than before with the titanium brick when I think they tried to introduce it to make their lives easier. Right? Because <laughs> without the titanium brick, they could have been like, you both have immunity. But now they have to do this whole thing about splitting the brick and uh, is it a justified tie and what does it mean for the advantage next time? And it kind of makes it more trouble than it's worth and makes it a confusing viewing experience, I think. It's the same with the Hamish Blake bonus point as well. Like they <laughs> hand it out when they complete something, but... It's not actually clear if or how that impacts the judging in the end. Like, I'd love to know if it genuinely gets factored in. Yeah, I think the I think the titanium brick is a good idea because previously, you know, if you win an elimination challenge, it's like a pat on the back, well done, you're not eliminated, and neither mm-hmm. are every other team bar one. Um, so it doesn't mean a whole lot to win a challenge, whereas this year it does, except... I'm not entirely sure, and it'd be interesting to get your view on this, I'm not entirely sure the advantages are necessarily advantages. Most of them are not. The one in this episode was honestly insane. (laughs) I don't get why they don't just have like one of two options because previously if you've held the titanium brick and the challenge has required people to be given different uh, aspects, like different minifigs or different parts of the plate or whatever it is, you've been able to serve those out. That's your advantage. You get to pick who does what. And so I feel like they should have just said for the challenges where that's not applicable, you start half an hour earlier or you get an extra half an hour in the brick pit or or something like that that's an actual advantage. Because I feel like when they don't have to pick who does what, they just make up something that isn't an advantage. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd be, you would be a little bit annoyed if you got the advantage, I think, and you lost the titanium brick yeah. as a result. But again, I guess it's all, I guess it's all in the spirit of Lego Masters. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is a competition mm. and there is $100,000 on the line. So like it was very funny and silly and I was entertained. Like I thought it was, I thought it was funny, but I was just like, if I was Henry and Joss and they were like, this is your advantage, after not having the titanium brick for so long, I would be I would be annoyed. <laughs> that said, though, I feel like in previous seasons, the advantage has kind of been a death knell for a team's often where whoever had the advantage going into an elimination often did get eliminated. So maybe, it's a, maybe there's some silver linings here. Yeah, that's true. Parentes is a silver lining guy, so that's good to hear. <laughs> Famously loves silver linings, I do. <laughs> it's his middle name. <laughs> Michael Silver Linings Parente. You'll love <laughs> So the preview for the next episode slash coming episodes was a little bit confusing. It was unclear exactly what's next episode because they were teasing finals week, which I'm thinking is actually the following week. But a couple of things we have coming up is this up high balancing build on a wire type thing, which seems very similar to previous seasons where you've had to build something in the air. So that's cool. I'm really keen for that. There was also some kind of like building in a box type of challenge, maybe similar to like the artworks challenge from, I think it was season two. We saw a lot of cities. We saw some like rotating situations. So I think there's a lot of really cool challenges coming up. 
Yeah, there's some super technical ones by the looks of the. Uh, well, I don't know what, what sort of rope you would call that, but they look like there was some, there will be some uh, very interesting and difficult challenges for the teams to navigate. Yeah, I'm surprised we have some more really technical seeming challenges come up because we've had so many this season already. Yeah. Like arguably three even, but maybe that's just my read of them and is not an accurate statement. No, I, I would agree with that actually. That's a good point. And particularly because there are some teams where those technical skills are really that team strength and others where it's really not and they're more into the, the story and the, the broader build. So Interested to see how they balance that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you want to keep hearing our episode wrap-ups. We'll have an episode wrap-up out for every episode of the TV show. Usually they'll be out when the TV show finishes airing, but sometimes they won't be like this one right now. <laughs> Zoe, what is our social media stuff? You can follow us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed. Message us your thoughts there or on Twitter at LMD the pod if you want to talk to Parente specifically. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.